Eyes are organs of the visual system. They provide organisms vision, the ability to process visual detail, as well as enabling several photoresponse functions that are independent of vision. Eyes detect light and convert it into electrochemical impulses in neurons. In higher organisms, the eye is a complex optical system which collects light from the surrounding environment, regulates its intensity through a diaphragm, focuses it through an adjustable assembly of lenses to form an image, converts this image into a set of electrical signals, and transmits these signals to the brain through complex neural pathways that connect the eye via the optic nerve to the visual cortex and other areas of the brain. Eyes with resolving power have come in 10 fundamentally different forms, and 96% of animal species possess a complex optical system. Image-resolving eyes are present in mollusks, chordates and arthropods. Vision is achieved by telescoping the lens similar to how a camera focuses. Compound eyes are found among the arthropods and are composed of many simple facets which, depending on the details of anatomy, may give either a single pixelated image or multiple images. Pry. Each sensor has its own lens and photosensitive cells. Some eyes have up to 28,000 such sensors, which are arranged hexagonally, and which can give a full 360 degrees field of vision. Compound eyes are very sensitive to motion. Some arthropods, including many Strepsoptera, have compound eyes of only a few facets, each with a retina, capable of creating an image, creating vision. With each eye viewing a different thing, a fused image from all the eyes is produced in the brain, providing very different, high-resolution images, possessing detailed, hyperspectral color vision. The mantis shrimp has been reported to have the world's most complex color vision system. Trilobites, which are now extinct, had unique compound eyes. They used clear calcite crystals to form the lenses of their eyes. In this, they differ from most other arthropods, which have soft eyes. The number of lenses in such an eye varied, however, some trilobites had only one and some had thousands of lenses in one eye. In contrast to compound eyes, simple eyes are those that have a single lens. For example, jumping spiders have a large pair of simple eyes with a narrow field of view, supported by an array of other, smaller eyes for peripheral vision. Some insect larvae, like caterpillars, have a different type of simple eye, stemata, which gives a rough image. Some of the simplest eyes, called oscillate, can be found in animals like some of the snails, which cannot actually see in the normal sense. They do have photosensitive cells, but no lens and no other means of projecting an image onto these cells. They can distinguish between light and dark, but no more. This enables snails to keep out of direct sunlight. In organisms dwelling near deep sea vents, compound Eyes have been secondarily simplified and adapted to spot the infrared light produced by the hot vents and this way the burrowers can spot hot springs and avoid being boiled alive. The eye is a slightly asymmetrical globe, about an inch in diameter. The front part of the eye, the part you see in the mirror, includes the iris, the pigmented part, the cornea, a clear dome over the iris, the pupil, the black circular opening in the iris that lets light in. The sclera, the white part. The conjunctiva, a thin layer of tissue covering the front of the eye, except the cornea. Just behind the iris and pupil lies the lens, which helps to focus light on the back of the eye. Most of the eye is filled with a clear gel called the vitreous. Light projects through the pupil and the lens to the back of the eye. The inside lining of the eye is covered by special light-sensing cells that are collectively called the retina. The retina converts light into electrical impulses. Behind the eye, the optic nerve carries these impulses to the brain. The macula is a small extra-sensitive area within the retina. 
that gives central vision. It is located in the center of the retina and contains the fovea, a small depression or pit at the center of the macula. That gives the clearest vision. Eye color is created by the amount and type of pigment in the iris. Multiple genes inherited from each parent determine a person's eye color. Question How do your eyes work? There are many different parts of the eye that help to create vision. We see with our brains, our eyes collect visual information and begin this complex process. Light passes through the cornea, the clear, dome shaped surface that covers the front of the eye. The cornea bends or refracts this incoming light. The iris, the colored part of the eye, regulates the size of the pupil, the opening that controls the amount of light that enters the eye. Behind the pupil is the lens, a clear part of the eye that further focuses light, or an image, onto the retina. The retina is a thin, delicate, photosensitive tissue that contains the special photoreceptor cells that convert light into electrical signals. These electrical signals are processed further, and then travel from the retina of the eye to the brain through the optic nerve, a bundle of about 1 million nerve fibers. Question How can you keep your eyes healthy? Incorporate your eye health as part of your regular health checkups. Having a comprehensive dilated eye exam is one of the best things you can do to make sure that you're seeing the best you can and that you're keeping your eyes healthy. Millions of people have problems with their vision every year. Some of these problems can cause permanent vision loss and even blindness, while others are common problems that can be easily corrected with glasses or contact lenses. A comprehensive dilated eye exam is a painless procedure in which an eye care professional examines your eyes to look for common vision problems and eye diseases, many of which have no early warning signs. Regular comprehensive eye exams can help you protect your sight and make sure that you are seeing your best. Tips for keeping the eyes healthy Have a comprehensive dilated eye exam. A dilated eye exam is the only way to Detect many common eye diseases such as glaucoma, diabetic eye disease and age-related macular degeneration in their early stages. Know your family's eye health history. It's important to know if anyone has been diagnosed with a disease or condition since many are hereditary. This will help to determine if you are at higher risk for developing an eye disease or condition. Eat right to protect your sight. Eating a diet rich in fruits and vegetables, particularly dark leafy greens such as spinach, kale, or collard greens is important for keeping your eyes healthy, too. Research has also shown there are eye health benefits from eating fish high in omega-3 fatty acids, such as salmon, tuna, and halibut. Maintain a healthy weight. Being overweight or Obese increases your risk of developing diabetes and other systemic conditions, which can lead to vision loss, such as diabetic eye disease or glaucoma. If you are having trouble maintaining a healthy weight, talk to your doctor. Wear protective eyewear. Protective eyewear includes safety glasses and goggles, safety shields, and eye guards specially designed to provide the Correct protection for a certain activity. Quit smoking or never start. Smoking is as bad for your eyes as it is for the rest of your body. Research has linked smoking to an increased risk of developing age-related macular degeneration, cataract, and optic nerve damage, all of which can lead to blindness. Be cool and wear your shades. Sunglasses are a great fashion accessory but their most important job is to protect your eyes from the sun's ultraviolet rays. When purchasing sunglasses, look for ones that block out 99 to 100% of both UVA and UVB radiation. Give your eyes a rest. If you spend a lot of time at the computer or focusing on any one thing, you sometimes forget to blink and your eyes can get fatigued. Try the 20-20-20 rule. Every 20 minutes, look away about 20 feet in front of you for 20 
seconds. This can help reduce eye strain. Clean your hands and your contact lenses properly. To avoid the risk of infection, always wash your hands thoroughly before putting in or taking out your contact lenses. Make sure to disinfect contact lenses as instructed and replace them as appropriate. Practice workplace eye safety. Employers are required to provide a safe work environment. When protective eyewear is required as a part of your job, make a habit of wearing the appropriate type at all times and encourage your co-workers to do the same. Eye, the organ of sight. The eye has a number of components. These components include but are not limited to the cornea, iris, pupil, lens, retina, macula, optic nerve, choroid and vitreous. The cornea is the clear front window of the eye that transmits and focuses light into the eye. The iris is the colored part of the eye that helps regulate the amount of light that enters the eye. The pupil is the dark aperture in the iris that determines how much light is let into the eye. The lens is the transparent structure inside the eye that focuses light rays onto the retina. The retina is the nerve layer that lines the back of the eye, senses light and creates impulses that travel through the optic nerve to the brain. The macula is a small area in the retina that contains special light-sensitive cells and allows us to see fine details clearly. The optic nerve is the nerve that connects the eye to the brain and carries the impulses formed by the retina to the visual cortex of the brain. The choroid is a thin vascular layer between the sclera and the retina that supplies blood to the retina and conducts arteries and nerves too. Other structures in the eye. The vitreous humor is a clear, jelly-like substance that fills the middle of the eye. The word eye come from the Teutonic Hodge. An eye exam usually involves these steps. You'll be asked about your medical history and any vision problems you might be experiencing. Your eye doctor measures your visual acuity to see if you need glasses or contact lenses to improve your vision. You'll be given numbing drops in your eyes. Then your doctor measures your eye pressure. Your eye doctor checks the health of your eyes, possibly using several lights to evaluate the front of the eye and inside of each eye. To make it easier for your doctor to examine the inside of your eye, he or she will likely dilate your eyes with eye drops. Your eye Doctor discusses what he or she found during the exam and answers questions you have about your eyes. Part of the examination, such as taking your medical history and the initial eye test, may be performed by a clinical assistant. Several different tests may be performed during the eye exam. The tests are designed to check your vision and to examine the appearance and function of all parts of your eyes. Find local eye doctor to get an eye exam. Eye muscle test. This test evaluates the muscles that control eye movement. Your eye doctor watches your eye movements as you follow a moving object, such as a pin or small light, with your eyes. He or she looks for muscle weakness, poor control or poor coordination. Visual acuity test. This test measures how clearly you see. Your doctor asks you to identify different letters of the alphabet printed on a chart, Snellen chart, or a screen positioned some distance away. The lines of type get smaller as you move down the chart. Each eye is tested separately. Your near vision also may be tested, using a card with letters similar to the distant eye. The card is held at reading distance. Refraction assessment. Light waves are bent as they pass through your cornea and lens. If light rays don't focus perfectly on the back of your eye, you have a refractive error. Having a refractive error may mean you need some form of correction, such as glasses, contact lenses or refractive surgery, to see as clearly as possible. Assessment of your refractive error helps your doctor determine a lens prescription that will give you the sharpest, most comfortable vision. The assessment may also determine that you don't need corrective lenses. 
Your doctor may use a computerized refractor to estimate your prescription. For glasses or contact lenses. Or he or she may use a technique called retinoscopy. In this procedure, the doctor shines a light into your eye and measures the refractive error by evaluating the movement of the light reflected by your retina back through your pupil. Your eye doctor usually fine-tunes this refraction assessment by having you look through a mask-like device that contains wheels of different lenses, photoraptor. He or she asks you to judge which combination of lenses gives you the sharpest vision. Visual Field Test, Ferrometry Your visual field is the full extent of what you can see to the sides without moving your eyes. The visual field test determines whether you have difficulty seeing in any areas of your overall field of vision. The different types of visual field tests include Confrontation Exam Your eye doctor sits directly in front of you and asks you to cover one eye. You look straight ahead and tell the doctor each time you see his or her hand move into view. Tangent Screen Exam you sit a short distance from a screen and focus on a target at its center. You tell the doctor when you can see an object move into your peripheral vision and when it disappears. Automated Barometry As you look at a screen with blinking lights on it, you press a button each time you see a blink. Using your responses to one or more of these tests, your eye doctor determines the fullness of your field of vision. If you aren't able to see in certain areas, noting the pattern of your visual field loss may help your eye doctor diagnose your eye condition. Color vision testing. You could have poor color vision and not even realize it. If you have difficulty distinguishing certain colors, your eye doctor may screen your vision for a color deficiency. To do this, your doctor shows you several multicolored dot pattern tests. If you have no color deficiency, you'll be able to pick out numbers and shapes from within the dot patterns. If you do have a color deficiency, you'll find it difficult to see certain patterns within the dots. Your doctor may use other tests, as well. Slit Lamp Examination A slit lamp is a microscope that magnifies and illuminates the front of your eye with an intense line of light. Your doctor uses this device to examine the eyelids, lashes, cornea, iris, lens and fluid chamber between your cornea and iris. Your doctor may use a dye, most commonly fluorescein, fluorescein, to color the film of tears over your eye. This helps reveal any damaged cells on the front of your eye. Your tears wash the dye from the surface of your eye fairly quickly. Retinal Examination and Direct Ophthalmoscopy A retinal examination sometimes called ophthalmoscopy or fundoscopy allows your doctor to evaluate the back of your eye, including the retina, the optic disc and the underlying layer of blood vessels that nourish the retina. Choroid Usually before your doctor can see these structures, your pupils must be dilated with eye drops that keep the pupil from getting smaller when your doctor shines light into the eye. After administering eye drops and giving them time to work, your eye doctor may use one or more of these techniques to view the back of your eye. Direct Exam Your eye doctor uses an ophthalmoscope to shine a beam of light through your pupil to see the back of the eye. Sometimes eye drops aren't necessary to dilate your eyes before this exam. Indirect Exam during this exam, you might lie down, recline in a chair or sit up. Your eye doctor examines the inside of the eye with the aid of a condensing lens and a bright light mounted on his or her forehead. This exam lets your doctor see the retina and other structures inside your eye in great detail and in three dimensions. Screening for Glaucoma Aplanation Tonometry Test Aplanation tonometry measures the fluid pressure inside your eye. Intraocular pressure. This test helps your eye doctor detect glaucoma, a disease that damages the optic nerve. Several methods to measure intraocular pressure are available, including 
Applination Tonometry. This test measures the amount of force needed to temporarily flatten a part of your cornea. You'll be given eye drops with fluorescein, the same dye used in a regular slit lamp examination. You'll also receive eye drops containing an anesthetic. Using the slit lamp, your doctor moves the tonometer to touch your cornea and determine the eye pressure. Because your eye is numbed, the test doesn't hurt. Non-contact tonometry. This method uses a puff of air to estimate the pressure in your eye. No instruments touch your eye, so you won't need an anesthetic. You'll feel a momentary pulse of air on your eye, which can be startling. If your eye pressure is higher than average or your optic nerve looks unusual, your doctor may use a pachometer. This instrument uses sound waves to measure the thickness of your cornea. The most common way of measuring corneal thickness is to put an anesthetic drop in your eye, then place a small probe in contact with the front surface of the eye. The measurement takes seconds. You may need more specialized tests depending on your age, medical history, and risk of developing eye disease. Visual acuity tests, color blindness test, cover test, ocular motility. Testing, stereopsis test, retinoscopy, refraction, autorefractors and aberometers, slit lamp exam, glaucoma test, tonometry, pupil dilation. Visual field test, other eye tests, about contact lens fittings. Optometrists and ophthalmologists use a wide variety of tests and procedures to examine your eyes. These tests range from simple ones, like having you read an eye chart, to complex tests, such as using a high-powered lens to visualize the tiny structures inside of your eyes. A comprehensive eye exam can take an hour or more, depending on the doctor and the number and complexity of tests required to fully evaluate your vision and the health of your eyes. Here are eye and vision tests that you are likely to encounter during a comprehensive eye exam. The Snellen eye chart is used as a starting point in determining your prescription. A standard eye chart. Visual acuity tests. Among the first tests performed in a comprehensive eye exam are visual acuity. Tests that measure the sharpness of your vision. These usually are performed using a projected eye chart to measure your distance visual acuity and a small, handheld acuity chart to measure your near vision. Color blindness test. A screening test that checks your color vision often is performed early in a comprehensive eye exam to rule out color blindness. In addition to detecting hereditary color vision deficiencies, colorblind tests also can alert your eye doctor to possible eye health problems that may affect your color vision. Cover test. While there are many ways for your eye doctor to check how your eyes work together, the cover test is the simplest and most common. The cover test checks how well your eyes work together to focus on an object. Cover test to check eye alignment. During a cover test, your eye doctor will ask you to focus on a small object across the room and will then cover each of your eyes alternately while you stare at the target. The test is then repeated with you looking at a near object. During these tests, your eye doctor will assess whether the uncovered eye must move to pick up the fixation target, which could indicate strabismus or a more subtle binocular vision problem that could cause eye strain or amblyopia. Lazy eye. Ocular motility, eye movements, testing. Ocular motility testing is performed to determine how well your eyes can follow a moving object and or quickly move between and accurately fixate on two separate targets. Testing of smooth eye movements, pursuits, is more common. Your eye doctor will have you hold your head still and ask you to Follow the slow movement of a handheld light or other target with just your eyes. If quick eye movements, saccades, also are tested, your eye doctor might have you move your eyes back and forth between two targets positioned some distance apart from each other. Problems with eye movements can cause 
eye strain and may affect reading ability, sports vision and other skills. Stereopsis, depth perception, test. Stereopsis is the term used to describe eye teaming that enables normal depth. Perception and appreciation of the three-dimensional nature of objects. In one commonly used stereopsis test, you wear a pair of 3D glasses and look at a booklet of test patterns. Each pattern has four small circles, and your task is to point out which circle in each pattern looks closer to you than the other three circles. If you can correctly identify the closer circle in each pattern, you likely have excellent eye teaming skills that should enable you to experience normal depth perception. Retinoscopy Your eye doctor may perform this test early in the eye exam to obtain an approximation of your eyeglass prescription. In retinoscopy, the room lights will be dimmed and you will be asked to focus on a large target, usually the biggie on the eye chart. As you stare at the E, your eye doctor will shine a light at your eye and flip lenses in a machine in front of your eyes. This test estimates which lens powers will best correct your distance vision. Based on the way the light reflects from your eye, your doctor is able to ballpark your prescription sometimes right on the money. This test is especially useful for children and patients who are unable to accurately answer the doctor's questions. Refraction This is the test that your eye doctor uses to determine your exact eyeglass. Prescription The eye doctor uses a photoraptor to determine your prescription for eyeglasses and contact lenses. Manual refraction with a photoraptor. During a refraction, the doctor puts the instrument called a photoraptor in front of your eyes and shows you a series of lens choices. He or she will then ask you which of the two lenses in each choice looks clearer. Based on your answers, your eye doctor will continue to fine-tune the lens power until reaching a final eyeglass prescription. The refraction determines your level of hyperopia, farsightedness, myopia, nearsightedness, astigmatism and presbyopia. Autorefractors and aberometers Your eye doctor also may use an autorefractor or aberometer to automatically estimate your eyeglass prescription. With both devices, a chin rest stabilizes your head while you look into the instrument at a pinpoint of light or a detailed image. An autorefractor, like a manual refraction, determines the lens power required to accurately focus light on your retina. Autorefractors are especially helpful for determining an eyeglass prescription for young children and other patients who may have trouble sitting still, paying attention and providing feedback that the eye doctor needs to perform an accurate manual refraction. Studies have shown that modern autorefractors are very accurate. They also save time. The autorefraction takes only a few seconds, and the results obtained from the automated test greatly reduce the time required for your eye doctor to perform a manual refraction and determine your eyeglass. Prescription An aberometer uses advanced wavefront technology to detect even obscure vision errors based on the way light travels through your eye. Aberometers primarily are used for custom or wavefront LASIK vision correction procedures, but many eye doctors are now incorporating this advanced technology into their routine eye exams as well. The slit lamp lets your eye doctor see the structures of your eyes up close. Slit lamp exam of the front of the eye. A slit lamp is a binocular microscope or biomicroscope that your eye doctor uses to examine the structures of your eye under high magnification. It looks somewhat like a large, upright version of a microscope used in a science lab. During the slit lamp exam, you will be asked to place your forehead and chin securely against the rests on the front of the instrument and your doctor will begin by examining the structures of the front of your eyes including your eyelids, cornea, conjunctiva, iris, and lens. With the help of a handheld lens, your doctor may also use the slit lamp to examine structures located farther back in the eye. 
such as the retina and optic nerve. A wide range of eye conditions and diseases can be detected with the slit. Lamp exam, including cataracts, macular degeneration, corneal ulcers and diabetic retinopathy, etc. The glaucoma test. Glaucoma is a group of neurodegenerative eye diseases that leads to damage of the optic nerve, the bundle of nerve fibers that carries information from the eye to the brain, which can then lead to vision loss and possibly blindness. Glaucoma is a leading cause of irreversible blindness in the United States and the world. Globally, 60.5 million had glaucoma in 2010. Given the aging of the world's population, this number may increase to almost 80 million by 2020. Testing for glaucoma typically begins with measuring the pressure inside your eyes. A tonometer measures the pressure in your eyes to help determine whether you have glaucoma. Applination Tonometry Glaucoma Test A common glaucoma test is the puff of air test, technically known as non-contact tonometry, or NCT. For NCT, the test begins with you putting your chin on the machine's chin rest. While you look at a light inside the machine, the doctor or a trained assistant will puff a small burst of air at your open eye. It is completely painless, and the tonometer does not touch your eye. Based on your eye's resistance to the puff of air, the machine calculates your interocular pressure, IOP. If you have high eye pressure, you may be at risk for or have glaucoma. Another type of glaucoma test is performed with an instrument called an applination tonometer. The most common of several versions of this instrument is mounted on the slit lamp. For this test, your eye doctor will put yellow eye drops in your eye to numb it. Your eyes will feel slightly heavy when the drops start working. This is not a dilating drop. It is a numbing agent combined with a yellow dye that glows under a blue light. Then the doctor will have you stare straight ahead into the slit lamp. While he or she gently touches the surface of your eye with the tonometer to measure your up. Like NCT, applination tonometry is painless. At most, you may feel the tonometer probe tickle your eyelashes. The whole test takes just a few seconds. You typically have no warning signs of glaucoma until you already have significant vision loss. For this reason, routine eye exams that include tonometry are essential to rule out early signs of glaucoma and protect your eyesight. Both diseases affect older populations and involve selective loss of certain types of neurons. They are both neurodegenerative, chronic, and progressive diseases that are age-related and cause irreversible neuronal cell loss. They are both also a major public health concern as the population of the United States ages. Glaucoma and AD are thought to share, at least in part, some common features as both are age-related neurodegenerative diseases. Intriguing links. Is there a higher frequency of glaucoma in patients with Alzheimer's disease? Question. The link between the two diseases was first observed several decades ago when researchers discovered that there was a higher frequency of glaucoma in patients with AD through an analysis of death certificates. Subsequently, there were several populations of AD patients that were examined for the prevalence of glaucoma and it was found that there was almost a two to three-fold increase in glaucoma diagnosis in these patients. Are glaucoma patients at greater risk for Alzheimer's question? Several large retrospective studies have not demonstrated that glaucoma patients have an increased risk of Alzheimer's disease or other dementia diagnoses. Indeed, one of these studies actually shows that there was a decreased risk of Alzheimer's disease or other dementia diagnosis in patients with open-angle glaucoma. More recently, however, researchers conducted a Perspective study in France that shows that glaucoma patients were four times more likely to develop dementia. Interestingly, this finding was not associated with high eye pressures or glaucoma medication usage, suggesting 
that perhaps the patients who are most vulnerable may be those with normal eye pressures or low tension glaucoma. From a scientific perspective, it has been shown that Alzheimer's patients may have retinal nerve fiber layer thinning and loss of the retinal ganglion cells that compose the optic nerve, both hallmarks of glaucoma. One of the pathologic hallmarks of Alzheimer's disease, an abnormal tau protein, has been found in the vitreous jelly, the clear jelly-like substance that fills the space from the lens to the back of the eye, of the eyes of glaucoma. Patients. There have also been studies using animal models of glaucoma, demonstrating that there is amyloid beta protein, also a hallmark of Alzheimer's disease, in the retina. Exposure to amyloid beta resulted in increased retinal ganglion cell loss, while treatment of these animals with drugs that are commonly used in the treatment of ad resulted in decreased death of the retinal ganglion cells that are lost in glaucoma. Pupil dilation. To obtain a better view of the eye's internal structures, your eye doctor instills dilating drops to enlarge your pupils. Dilating drops usually take about 20 to 30 minutes to start working. When your pupils are dilated, you will be sensitive to light, because more light is getting into your eye, and you may notice difficulty focusing on objects up close. These effects can last for up to several hours, depending on the strength of the drop used. Once the drops have taken effect, your eye doctor will use various instruments to look inside your eyes. You should bring sunglasses with you too. Your eye exam, to minimize glare and light sensitivity on the way home. If you forget to bring sunglasses, the staff usually will give you a disposable pair. Pupil dilation is very important for people with risk factors for eye disease, because it allows for the most thorough evaluation of the health of the inside of your eyes. Visual field test. In some cases, your eye doctor may want to check for the possible presence of blind spots, scotomas, in your peripheral or side vision by performing a visual field test. These types of blind spots can originate from eye diseases, such as glaucoma. Analysis of blind spots also may help identify specific areas of brain damage caused by a stroke or tumor. Other eye tests. In some cases, Besides these common tests performed during a standard comprehensive eye exam, your eye doctor may recommend other, more specialized eye tests. Often, such tests are performed by other eye doctors, such as retinal specialists, on a referral basis. Contact lens fittings. It's important to understand that a comprehensive eye exam typically does not include a contact lens fitting and therefore you will not be given a contact lens prescription at the end of a routine eye exam. There is a possible exception, if you wear contacts currently and the lenses were fitted by the same eye doctor who is performing your comprehensive eye exam, he or she may issue you an updated contact lens prescription at the end of your eye exam. A contact lens exam that includes fitting services typically is done during a Subsequent office visit, when your pupils are not dilated. Your contact lens exam may be performed by the same eye doctor who performed your comprehensive eye exam, or it may be done by a different eye care practitioner, ECP. Using dilating eye drops lets the doctor see inside your eyes better. Exam of retina after pupil dilation. Generally, it's better to have your eye Exam and your contact lens exam performed at the same practice. Sometimes, if you have these exams performed at different locations, the ECP conducting your contact lens fitting will want to repeat certain tests already performed at your comprehensive eye exam. In part, this is done for liability reasons. To verify the accuracy of your eyeglasses prescription and make sure your eyes are healthy enough to wear contacts. An experimental eye test for Alzheimer's disease is set to undergo its first human trial starting this July, fresh off research recently published in the 
journal investigative ophthalmology and visual science that shows it could be used with mice. If successful in humans, the test would allow patients to receive treatments long before any neurological damage occurs. Scientists from the University of Minnesota teamed up with Cytoviva, an Alabama-based imaging technology company, to craft a non-invasive diagnostic device that attempts to detect the earliest stages of Alzheimer's before any physical symptoms appear. A large part of the challenge in creating an early Alzheimer's test is being able to consistently find the abnormally formed brain proteins that signal the disease's emergence and likely cause its symptoms, amyloid beta and tau. By the time the disease has fully formed, it's thought these wayward proteins have accumulated to the point where they form plaques and tangles that cause neurons to die off. Ordinarily, the only surefire way to confirm Alzheimer's is by examining a person's brain after they've died and finding these plaques and tangles. But the researchers theorize that the eye's close relationship to the brain would also allow it to provide a much more accessible window into the disease's progression. The retina of the eye is not just connected to the brain it is part of the central nervous system, explained study author Dr. Swati Moore, of the university's Center for Drug Design, in a statement released by the Association for Research in Vision and Ophthalmology, ARVO, publishers of the aforementioned journal. The researcher's test takes pictures of the retina using what's called hyperspectral imaging. Light is shown into someone's eyes, reaches the retina, located in the back of the eye, and is reflected back to the device. The device is then able to display retina images along different wavelengths of light. Based on earlier experiments with mice and human retina cells, more and her colleagues thought that the microscopic bits of amyloid beta in the retina would reliably create visible patterns of scattering in images taken. In the shortest wavelengths the same phenomenon that explains why the sun makes the sky appear blue in the middle of the day and orange and red when it's setting or rising. Sure enough, when they tested mice bred to develop Alzheimer's and compared their results to control mice, they consistently found these patterns along different stages of the disease, most importantly, before any symptoms showed up. We saw changes in the retinas of Alzheimer's. Mice before the typical age at which neurological signs are observed, said. More. The results are close to our best-case scenario for outcomes of this. Project. Comprehensive periodic eye and vision examinations are an important part of. Preventive health care. Many eye and vision problems have no obvious signs or symptoms, so you might not know a problem exists. Early diagnosis and treatment of eye and vision problems can help prevent vision loss. Each patient's signs and symptoms, along with your optometrist's professional judgment, will determine what tests your optometrist conducts. A comprehensive adult eye and vision examination may include but is not limited to the following tests. The doctor will ask about any IR vision problems you are currently having and about your overall health. In addition, a patient history will include when your IR vision symptoms began, medications you are taking, and any work-related or environmental conditions that may be affecting your vision. The doctor will also ask about any Previous IR health conditions you and your family members' history have experienced. An eye examination is carried out by an optometrist and usually takes about 20-30 minutes. Sometimes it can take longer if you need extra tests, but this is to make sure you can see as well as possible. As well as testing your sight, the optometrist will check the health of your eyes and look for signs of general health problems. Most optometrists will send you a reminder when your next appointment is due. However, if you have a problem with your vision or your eyes before your next eye examination is due do not wait contact the practice and make an appointment. 
history and symptoms at the start of the eye examination, your optometrist will ask why you are having your eyes examined, whether it is a routine checkup or if you have come for a specific reason. If you are experiencing problems with your eyes or vision your optometrist will need to know what symptoms you have, how long you have had them and whether any changes have happened suddenly or slowly over a period of time. Your optometrist will also need to know about your general health including any medication you are taking, whether you suffer from headaches, or have any close relatives with a history of eye problems. You will be asked about your previous glasses or contact lenses. In addition your optometrist may ask about the kind of work you do and whether you play sports or have any hobbies. Examining your eyes will be examined both outside and inside. This will allow the optometrist to assess the health of your eyes and may identify any other underlying medical problems. The interior of your eye will be examined using an ophthalmoscope, a special torch which shines a light through the pupil allowing a detailed study of the internal structures. Your pupil reflexes will also be tested. Ask your optometrist if you have any questions. Many optometrists now offer extra tests, such as photography of the interior and exterior of the eye, for which an additional charge may be made. Extra tests are also needed for contact lens fitting and checkups. Remember to take your glasses or contact lenses with you when you attend an eye examination. Your vision will be measured both with and without glasses or lenses to check for any problems with your eyesight. The optometrist would normally assess your distance vision for TV and driving, your near vision for reading and close work, and your intermediate vision for computer use. Your optometrist will then carry out a series of tests to measure the type and extent of any problem with your vision. You will then be asked to choose between different lenses to see which ones help the quality and clarity of your sight. Eye movements and coordination are checked to make sure that both eyes are working together and that undue stress is not being placed on the eye muscles. Good muscle balance is particularly important if you use computers or read a lot. After the eye examination your optometrist will now have detailed knowledge of the health of your eyes, the standard of your vision and any special requirements that you may have. Don't be afraid to ask questions if there is something you don't understand, your optometrist is there to help. You will also be able to discuss the best form of vision correction to suit your individual lifestyle and visual needs. At the end of the examination you will be advised of when you should have your next examination. You'll also be given a prescription for glasses or contact lenses, or a statement which confirms that your eyes don't need correction. If you need medical treatment for an eye condition you may be referred to your doctor or hospital. A recent breakthrough in the fight against Alzheimer's disease suggests that beta amyloid protein in the retina of the eye corresponds directly to the same amount of protein in the brain. With early detection, a person could seek treatment for Alzheimer's at a time when therapies would be most effective at slowing the progression of the memory-robbing disease, the researchers said. Eye scan may detect early signs of Alzheimer's disease. The disease at the most common form of dementia is an epidemic that shows no signs of abating, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Death rates for Alzheimer's disease are increasing, more than 5 million Americans live with the disease, and by 2050, this number is projected to rise to 14 million, according to CDC statistics. There is no cure for Alzheimer's but medicines can slow the development of many of the classic symptoms, such as loss of memory and communication skills, mood swings and depression. Alzheimer's disease AD is the most common cause of dementia, like glaucoma. It is a neurodegenerative disease and is characterized by specific changes in the brain. 
a definitive diagnosis requires the presence of clinical dementia. To the extent that impairs daily activities, as well as two hallmarks of the disease, neurofibrary tangles that occur inside of the brain cells, and amyloid beta plaques, which are found outside of the brain cells. Worldwide, 46.8 million people are believed to be living with Alzheimer's disease or other dementias. By 2030, if breakthroughs are not discovered, we will see an increase to nearly 74.7 million. By 2050, rates could exceed 131.5 million. Every 3.2 seconds, a new case of dementia occurs somewhere in the world. The eyes, long described as the windows to the soul, appear to be windows to the brain, as well. Scientists have developed an eye scan technique that may detect Alzheimer's disease at its earliest stage, before major symptoms appear. The cause of Alzheimer's is unknown. The disease appears to be associated with the accumulation of misfolded proteins in the brain called beta amyloid and tau. The misfolded proteins can form tangles in the neural network of the brain, disrupting normal communication between neurons. With early detection, a person could seek treatment for Alzheimer's at a time when therapies would be most effective at slowing the progression of the memory-robbing disease, the researchers said. This is great news, considering Alzheimer's disease is expected to rise from 5.1 million in 2010 to 13.5 million in 2050 and is the only cause of death among the top 10 in the U.S. That cannot be prevented, cured or even slowed, according to the Alzheimer's Association. People worried they might be developing early signs of Alzheimer's may be able to ask their eye doctors to have a quick peek during the regular exam. Experts reported Sunday. Or they may be able to take a simple smell test. Neurologists have theorized a correlation between the amount of amyloid in the eye and amyloid in the brain. If correct, the retina could be the solution to early detection and treatment of Alzheimer's disease AD, as amyloid beta protein accumulation may begin approximately 20 years prior to memory loss symptoms. Four studies being presented at the Alzheimer's Association International Conference in Copenhagen, Denmark, strengthen earlier evidence that the earliest signs of Alzheimer's disease might show up in the eyes and nose. That could mean earlier treatment, and could give people a chance to plan, said Maria Carrillo, vice president of Medical and Scientific Relations at the Alzheimer's Association. We want to get people on those treatments as soon as possible, while they are still useful.